Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Outstanding music this morning. Good spirit. Welcome to the congregation in Canada. I guess they're still singing along with us. We welcome them into the service this morning. Um, I'd like to put a prayer request before the church, before we get started. Um, let's see, Farmer, Brother Farmer, what's his first name? Clint? Cliff Farmer, that's right. Well, you've got to give the old man patience. Just be, don't, don't get all upset. He called him. Brother David Morris has uh, basically uh, had a heart attack and several strokes. And uh, we don't know his condition today, but they're looking at to uh, CAT scans and things tomorrow or today or sometime and request for us to have prayer for him. And we've been praying for him since he called. So let's remember Brother David in prayer this morning. It only reminds you that the ministry is getting older. And uh, I think they've got some uh, younger men there that for families that uh, will take over. But uh, always sad to see someone in charge or the pastor get down and then the people gets upset. And then Satan can move in and cause all kind of problems. Amen. So I got a reverb somewhere, sis. I don't know where we're at this morning. We're on the subject. Our, I'm gone now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four. Amen. One, two, three, four. Five, six. Seven, eight. One, two, three. Now the rapture is not going to take place until we get this sermon preached, so amen. You said, how can you say that? Well, why would I prepare it if he didn't want me to preach it? Am I turned on or something? One, two, three. Try this. One, two, three. I'm on out there? Yeah, I'm not on up here, though. If I can't hear myself, it's normally need me talking if I can't hear the sermon. One, two, three. Well, we'll try it from there. That's all right. It'll work out. We've come to a, a part of the message as we run along that I hadn't heard too many sermons on it for about 30 or 40 years. And I think I spoke on the subject in about in the mid-80s which no one likes to preach on the judgments or the anger of God. This is not the age where everybody wants to hear about the God's wrath or tribulation because the church is hollering peace and safety and they think they're all, all right by being in the church and they're looking for the rapture and glory to God, the great day of the Lord is coming, hallelujah. But we find that that is not according to scriptures. And from actually the time that Jesus was asked what will be the time of your presence and the end of the world, which is the day of the Lord, the question has been asked for almost 2,000 years now. And if you're anywhere out into Christian radio or news or ministry, the great subject today is basically the rapture and 
the judgments of God are in the land. All your prophecy teachers are teaching the rapture. I never heard so many versions of the rapture as I uh, read the commentaries and modern day preachers in the last week, pro and con. And there's so many versions of the rapture, I, I began to wonder if I even understood what I was understood. Before, after, during the middle, whatever more, whatever more, knowing, going up, coming down, back and forth and back and forth. Thank God for light. Because he said in the evening time there shall be light and that makes us the children of the light. But the main subject of the New Testament, uh, especially Paul in First and Second Thessalonians, was his uh, writing to the church then in his teaching on the rapture and the wrath of God. He calls it the day of the Lord. He calls it the wrath of God. He calls it the appearing. He calls it the Antichrist's coming. He calls it many things, but he speaks about the end time, which was the subject that they wanted to know about in that hour. So we're going to look at the subject, the wrath of God, which it actually speaks of anger and vengeance for the purpose that God and the people has turned down God the light when he made his appearing in this age and they refused to accept his presence. It's still sad to me and hard for me to understand how the message people cannot understand the presence of God. They get so caught up in the word perusia that they uh, are blinded by what they thought they knew and they won't open their mind or let God open their mind. And the more that you close your mind to the presence of God, the darker your heart will get. The darker and the harder you will get and more fixed you are in the past. Don't get caught in the past because it's not going in the rapture. I always wonder, they say, well, God can't be here. Then who was Brother Branham talking to face to face? If you don't believe in the present, then who was God talking to or Brother Brown was talking to? He said the one that he was talking to is still here. So if you don't believe in the present, you don't believe in the one that's still here then. Then I understand why you think that because in your mind you're still oneness. You fail to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. Same yesterday and forever and separate the Father and the Son. Let me believe that Jesus had a Father. Amen. Now, now, He can't be God and have a Father. So, if Jesus had a Father, then He could not be God per se. Remember, Jesus is only God when God incarnates the body and dwells in Him. That's the reason Jesus will be the incarnated God at the marriage supper. Because the pillar of fire will forerun us or lead us to the person and he will absolutely incarnate into that man. And God in that body will receive us unto himself. So the failure to understand will absolutely what is called darkness. And when you turn down the perusia of Christ, your heart will get darker and darker until you absolutely name is taken out of the book of life so we want to look at the wrath of God and see what this anger is all about and why the rapture is necessary 
Because without the wrath of God, or if there was no wrath of God, there wouldn't be any need for a rapture. But God has promised certain promises in the Bible, and He has certain judgments when people turns down His visitation. All of us are aware of the visitation of God with signs, miracles, and wonders, proving that He was here. Now, He hasn't left. And people say, well, if you believe He's here, then where's all the signs and wonders? Well, that's a sign that you didn't believe the sign and wonder when you was here. And you didn't follow along the message because the message tells us this unfolding and reveals to us and it will bring us to the subject which is I put off preaching on all these years. I've never preached on the future home as far as I know because it's hard to understand. It's a hard subject to teach. Just like Melchizedek, the rapture, Feast of Trumpets, those sermons right in there are very hard to teach because Brother Branham seemingly teaches us and tells us that basically by revelation we are now already at the end. And I'm still looking at the verse where he says one day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years in one day. And that only way that could be possible is that time and eternity has blended. And in future home he brings out that we are already in that day because he jumped a thousand years and brought us back to here, back to the thousand years, future home, back and forth a thousand years a jump. But he always jumped the millennium. He placed us in the new Jerusalem or in that city, bringing forth a principle if we can see by revelation where we are in the mind of God and how he sees us, we would be already there. If we can see ourselves there, then we can be healed here. That's the reason he said, take this message for your healing. Because if you can see yourself in the new Jerusalem, that's the state that you are in now. In this message or this unfolding in the presence of God. So I'm still looking at that principle, how he brought it out. But he brought the thought out, if we could see ourselves in new Jerusalem now, which many preachers preach that you're there, that we would absolutely be healed here. Because we understand that we're already there. Amen. So the point being is we are not going anywhere. Many people think the rapture, we're going to fly off somewhere. And absolutely, we're just going in another dimension, but we'll still be here. And not to get into future home, but the th first thing he starts the message out with is to tell you that you are here now. And you will be here. You're here and you will be here. This earth is our inheritance. This is where we're at now. We're sons and daughters of God. He's going to clean it up for us. And then we'll walk right back out here. And then future home explains that it will work our way into it if the Lord will permit. So this morning let's look at this thought, the wrath of God. Uh, it is called the Great Tribulation, which is a part of the Day of the Lord. Amen. We got into that uh, last week, the difference between the Day of the Lord and the Lord's Day. And we'll kind of continue that thought today because dividing those two things will absolutely place us where we are today in this process of the rapture. We are already in the rapture process. Amen. You have received the shout. If you have received the shout, which is the message of this hour, 
there is no way that you're going to miss the voice and miss the translation. Because that's what the message told you. The message told you that you were sons and daughters of God. That you were not ordained or children of the day of the Lord. But you are children of the Lord's day. That's the reason he comes here now is to take you out of the earth. To cleanse it to put you right back on the earth. Cleaned up from all sin and unbelievers. Right back like you was in the garden of Eden. When Adam was put here to rule and reign on this earth. So we'll pick up those things in future home. If we can get there. Now let's go to 1 Thessalonians 1. And we'll read scriptures this morning. If we read all the scriptures on the day of the Lord. It would be quite boring to listen to it being read. Because I think there's 30 or 40 scriptures in the Old Testament, that many in the New, all speaking about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord, we're going to find, is a period of time that I believe actually began and started in this process at the appearing of the cloud in Arizona and the opening of the seven seals. When the book was opened to us, began the day of the Lord because the judge come here and we were now, he said, before the white throne now. And being judged at the beam of Christ now, we absolutely enter into the marriage supper and walk back out into the honeymoon in the seventh day. We have already stood our judgment. Amen. And we'll read in a few minutes, there was a warning, then judgment. Now, we already been put on trial we have been found not guilty as being the bride and elected of Christ. And therefore, those the church world he indicted and found guilty. And the guilt was they turned down Christ when he stood at the door and knocked. They wouldn't open the door and let him in. So when they turned down Brother Branham's message, they turned down God. Because Revelation 10.1 was God. Revelation 10.7 is the measure of this hour. And 1 Thessalonians 4.16 is the shout or the voice that he brings out. And when you turn down the shout or the message, you will miss the resurrection and the rapture. And therefore, the darkness or the gross darkness that Brother Bram said set in in 1954 or 55, I believe it was. And it set in because they begin to reject the second pull are the gift of discernment. Because remember now, this Bible does not discern anybody. Brother Branham didn't read the Bible and discern. So the Logos is not actually this Bible. This Bible is a Rima, or the thoughts of God. The Logos is a person that come to a prophet. Hebrews 4 is the person standing there discerning the heart and the thoughts of the heart. He didn't discern by reading them the Bible. God himself discerned the thoughts and intents of the heart, proving his prusia or his presence, of which the Bible speaks that over and over and over again. Because in the time of the appearing or the perusia of Christ, Paul tells us, and Brother Brown tells us, that the wrath of God comes immediately after the appearing or the perusia of Christ with a message to gather his elect out of the systems 
out of unbelief and seals them into his presence by the baptism of the Holy Ghost through the message of the hour. This message is your seal. It is your tower. It is the name of the Lord. And the righteous have run in it and they are safe. Therefore, we should absolutely rejoice in the time of this gross darkness because the day is going to break. And he said the evil and the wicked ones would bow at our feet before the rapture takes place. And then we'll walk over into the millennium, walk back out on the ashes of the wicked that he's cleaned up the earth for us. Amen. So Paul is speaking of this subject in First and Second Thessalonians, which we will move back and forth. So remember, First and Second Thessalonians, the letters, is to the early church about the rapture and the second coming of Christ called the Day of the Lord. And Brother Bram said Paul wrote that letter, but that letter was written absolutely for us in this hour because it wasn't understood until the book was opened, and we are the basically the recipients of these two letters right here. So when we read it this morning, we can read it as if we are the ones that God is talking to. And I place Paul as Brother Branham because Alpha and Omega. He was the first messenger and the last messenger come to interpret the open book. So let's look at it. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Amen. That's a beautiful statement right there. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Woe is for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. I place the prophet right there. This is end time letter to us. And ye became followers of us. How many accepted Brother Branham as a prophet and began to follow his message? All right, watch. Ye became followers of us and of the Lord. That's the reason most people say Brother Branham, Brother Branham a thousand times and never mention the Lord one time. But if you accepted the prophet's message, you become a follower of Christ. Because this message is all about Christ the Messiah. See, the question is, will we accept Jesus Christ as the anointed one, the Messiah of the coming kingdom? The gospel is God is going to have a kingdom. And there's going to be a king. And there's going to be people living in that kingdom who will fulfill 1,000 years, exactly as he put Adam here to rule and reign, we will reign 1,000 years without sin, without opposition. Wonderful period of time. 1,000 years, well, it just, it's going to be like one day, but it's going to be a wonderful time. Now remember, God said he's going to leave neither root nor branch of any of them here. So I don't know how you're going to have children during the millennium and carry sin on into the millennium. Because the first sin was sex out of wedlock. How are you going to carry that in the millennium? So I believe the millennium will be full of immortals. In a further sanctification. Learning the spiritual things of God. That we can rule and reign in the new Jerusalem. In the eternal age. Amen. Then you have nations coming and children, population, what more, what form, I don't know, but it will be without sin. Amen. It won't be a state like you're in now. Amen. 
There could be children, as the Bible says, but not by sex and sin and unbelief like they are now. Adam and Eve could have had a child, and Jesus would have been the firstborn child of Adam and Eve if Eve hadn't went the wrong way. Oh, how can that work? Pretty simple. Just speak the word. That's how Jesus come, wasn't it? Didn't Jesus come through a woman to eat, drink, whatever more? He was mortal as far as we understand, but he wasn't mortal like we understand. Well, how, can, how, that, how come that you can't do that in the millennium or in the future home? Who knows? I don't know. I'm just going to hope that I get there. Watch. Our gospel came unto you, watch, and verse 6, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Most of us can't remember the fact of receiving the Holy Ghost that you're rejected in the neighborhood. Called holy rollers and everything else. I was born when the, we was back on the back corner and everybody who received the Holy Ghost was ridiculed. They throwed eggs at the church windows and banged on the walls and everything else while the people were shouting rejoicing under the Holy Ghost. People was rejected in that day of receiving the Holy Ghost. We hadn't, we hadn't went through that, but we are going to have our part of it. Watch. With joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia, and Archaea, and Braggadocia, Crothersville, and uh, Springfield, Missouri. Far from you sounded out the word of the Lord. Boy, did it sound out. You were ridiculed around the world for preaching that Perugia puke. Yeah. They'll fall at your feet before we leave here. Far from, from you, you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia, not only in Braggadocia, Crothersville, around the country, Saskatoon. Look at the little group left in Saskatoon. When I preached there, there's six or seven hundred there. Look at them sitting there now. You say, well, that's a big separation. That's what this message is all about, separation. There's a separation that has went on. Now we are separated and shut in. And the good news is you can't get out. That was the good news. Praise God, you can't get out. Well, I'll be mean and cruel. Go ahead and try. Well, I think I'll go out and do a few things. Go ahead and go. The elected are elected. The very elected are the very elected. And they can't get out. And the others can't get in. And we're in. And we don't want out. Amen. Praise God. For they themselves show... For they themselves, that's the believers, show, uh, show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. Idolatry means twoness and threeness. Anytime, Brother Branham, or the Bible speaks of idols, it's idolatry, which he said idolatry is having more than one God. So there cannot be two gods, there cannot be three gods. There's only one God. Amen. Amen. So we have moved now from Trinitarianism, which is idolatry, fornication and adultery, to one true and living God, 
And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And to wait, watch, to serve the living God and to wait for his son from heaven. Well, I don't think, I didn't think God had a son. I know I keep hammering this because this is the element where the era started and it will be the last element you preach before we get out of here. Godhead is essential to be able to understand the rapture. To wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus. Now Paul is all messed up. Because Paul preaches there is one God and one Lord Jesus Christ, even Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. Which by raising Jesus from the dead, has what did he say? Which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now if you want to see that, we were justified and made righteous we were sanctified, we were glorified, we were placed in the millennium when Jesus was raised from the dead. Yes. Glory to God. Amen. Then what are we worrying about? That's the reason, Brother Branham, we read a quote in a few minutes in Shalom. He said, you're in gross darkness, but you're sitting under the peace of God. Right. Gross darkness means that we have received the message of light. And it's gross dark right before the breaking of the new day for the rapture and the millennium. So gross darkness has to come. But glory to God, we've been sitting in gross darkness for quite a few years. And the day star is now breaking in our heart. And what's the day star? The revelation of Jesus Christ and the shout of this hour bringing us to the rapture. Which delivered us from the wrath to come. So Paul is saying here that we are already delivered from the wrath of the Lamb, which is Jesus that's sitting on the throne now to come. We're already delivered. How? By His resurrection. We was made righteous. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5. We'll go back over to a few minutes. Watch here again a second time. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Now, chapter 4, we went into it many, many times. He taught them about the rapture. Now then, they have a question about the day of the Lord. Because a lot of them has begun to die and whatever more. And they wonder about Jesus coming in their day. And they are looking and being afraid that they're going to miss the rapture and wind up in the day of the Lord. And they're wondering when it's going to come and what they have to do to miss it. So look at this, what he said. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as the thief in the night. We went through that last week. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh on them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. This is not Israel as the preachers preach. Well, when they get the peace treaty with Israel, when they get the peace treaty, well, then they have peace and they're breaking. This is what they're talking about. Peace and safety to Israel calling peace. This is the church thinking that they have peace and safety by being in the church, that they're already saved from the wrath to come, that they're already sealed in. 
But they don't fail to recognize that they rejected light when it came, and they didn't open the door. But they still feel comfortable, me and more than 44, glory, hallelujah, the day is, the Lord is coming and we're going into rapture. They are not going. So when they begin to say peace and safety and the rapture is coming to take us out of here, that's the hour that you've got to watch. Now, Brother Branham put this for almost 50 years ago that they were finished. This is the church already rejected the message Already under indictment, already under trial. You say, if that's the case, then how come all the churchyards are full, but everywhere except ours, if they hadn't got any light? He's gathering all the unbelievers together for the burning. You mean all these good people will burn? All them good people are going to burn. It's not a pleasant sermon now, and I'd, I could preach on, I'd rather preach on something else, but this is a part of it. But ye, brethren, watch, are not in darkness. In other words, you're not in unbelief. To us, you're not outside the message, for you have received the message. You're not in darkness or a Pentecostal age or mindset. We were called out of Pentecostal age. That age is dark. Amen. While they're shouting, speaking in tongues, having meetings, casting out devils, that age is full of darkness. Why should I take your word for it? You don't have to take my word for it. Just take the prophet's word for it. 1964, Pentecostal age is over. That's thus saith the Lord. They have turned down the word. They've turned down the message of the hour. They will keep moving. They will keep having meetings. They will keep coming to the altar thinking that they're getting saved and it's over. They are not finding salvation. Why? Because salvation is only found in the message of the hour. You cannot go back to Pentecost. You cannot go back to the first and second pull and find salvation. Salvation is in the message of the hour in the day of the Lord. When he come to separate you from darkness, which is denominationalism and unbelief. We are not in darkness. We are not in the Pentecostal age. And watch. That, that day, which is the day of the Lord, should overtake you as a thief. Now watch how he designates. You're not in darkness. That that day, talking about the day of the Lord now, should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light. I thought it should be gross darkness. But he said now in the evening time it will not be day nor night. But in the evening time there shall be light. In the hour of gross darkness... You will have oil in your lamp enough to follow the pathway to the rapture. We are not in darkness. We are not in unbelief. We are sitting in the presence of the light, which is the presence of Almighty God, the Word Himself. Watch now. We are all the, all the children of light and the children of the day. Now, that day, there is the Lord's Day, or the millennium, or the honeymoon 
of a thousand year reign. But we have no part in the day of the Lord. Except that we are here in gross darkness. While it progresses to separate all unbelief. Separate the wheat from the tares. Gather us into the garner so to speak. Put the seal in our forehead which is revelation. We're not looking for someone to stamp something in our head. We're looking for a revelation where our mind is turned solely to the Word of God. And the revelation of Jesus Christ has preeminence in your thinking and has control over your mind, your soul, and soon your body. So we're the children of the Lord's day. Watch. We are not of the night nor of darkness. That is basically when the ages are over, which is basically what you want to look at right there, and we'll get to is the sixth seal. We're moving and we are now in the sixth seal. You say, well, I didn't understand. I thought we was going to get out of here and all that will take place. We are now in the day of the Lord. I believe that we are also the opening of the sixth seal come in March of 1964 at the great earthquake of Alaska. That's when the sixth seal opened to us. It was revealed in 1962 or 3 at the opening of the seals. It opened in 1964. Now then we're right at the end of the fourth seal into the sixth seal because the sixth seal is uh, still part of where we are at until we're caught out of that realm over into the millennium while the judgments are going here to finish up the sixth seal under two prophets. And just follow me thus far. I hope so. Watch now. Therefore let us not sleep as do others. Let us, not, let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day of the Lord. Lord's day now. Be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. All right, if he has not appointed us to wrath, then we ought to have peace of God. The seventh seal was to bring us rest in the hour of trouble. When the enemy comes, he raise up a standard. We got the whole armor of God on, breastplate of righteousness, a revelation. All we haven't done all to stand. We are standing. Standing on what? The revelation that I'll take you out of here before I bring judgments upon the world. Why is he going to do that? Because Malachi, we looked last week before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great day. It's great to us, but dreadful to them before the great day of the Lord come, I'm going to turn your hearts right back to the same revelation that the early fathers had. And they had the revelation that was given to Abraham that there was a city whose builder and maker was God, of which we are joint heirs with Christ of that city. In other words, our whole revelation as children of Abraham is this what? We look past all the way to New Jerusalem. You say, well, I'm stuck here in time. We are not stuck here in time. My body may be here in a time slot, 
but our minds by revelation is already in New Jerusalem. If 2,000 years ago I was saved from wrath, well, I didn't show up until about 80 years ago or 79 years ago. But 2,000 years ago, I was already saved from wrath. How could that be? If God already foreknew me, because my name was written in a book, a section that was going to be called right at the last hour, right before the translation, right before the end, that we would absolutely send the word that he is here around the world. Come on. Because that message has gone around the world. If you don't believe it, ask anybody about Earl Gregory and those that's old enough to remember. Say, oh, he preaches that Peruse's junk. He believes the Lord has already come. And I ask you, well, what junk do you believe? Who are you looking for to come? I don't mean to be sarcastic. I don't, we shouldn't be stupid. Who are you looking for to come? Well, I'm looking for Brother Branham. Whoa, glory to God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I'm looking for Brother Branham. Well, what if you don't see Brother Branham? Come on, what if you don't see him? Oh, I guess I'll miss it. Well, I guess you're going to miss it. Because see, we already seen him. We already heard him. We believe what he told us. That he had a decrease. And the one that he was talking to and doing all the works that was here, that he would increase. Now all I see is the one that has increased in my mind and heart. I see God the Word. That's all I see. Jesus plus nothing. He's here. And to me, that's all I need. Come on. He is here. I see him. I'm shut in with him. I'm already sealed in that hour. I'm waiting for those to come over here. I don't have to see him to make it. I have already made it. They're waiting on us to come to the revelation of our perfection. That we're already under the Feast of Tabernacles. We're already jumped the millennium. Come on now. I know it's hard to understand. He already jumped the millennium. He put us in future home. Already put us there. And he said, take this message for your healing. What message? You are part of New Jerusalem. Just think about it. If If you could see yourself in New Jerusalem... What kind of problem would bother you here? Because no matter what comes in our space of time, old age, death, problem, what difference does that make? Because in one snap of your finger, I'm going to be over here in a glorified form, living and reigning in the city with Him. This is all gone. So if by revelation and faith... I can see myself there. He said it would change your condition here. Take this message that you're already there for your healing here. In other words, you are a part of God and always was a part of God. That's what he's trying to tell you. Believe in your election. Believe in God's word. 
Because, see, God will talk to you now like it's going to be tomorrow, and it may be 100 years from now. But to God, time don't mean nothing. That means follow me now. Well, we'll get in that thousand years, one day, one year, as the prophet brought it out. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation or deliverance by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we also read 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Everybody was interested in this day of the Lord. And we're going to back up in a few minutes to see that the church, what they really wanted to know was when it was going to be. Everybody's got a question. When is the rapture going to be? How are we going to know? How are we going to know? And everybody said, well, nobody's going to know what day it is. Only the Father knows. That's true. But now, some of us believe the Father has already come down. Because the Bible said the Lord shall descend from heaven with a message. If you claim to believe this message, you have to accept the fact that God himself come down here and spoke to an individual face to face and there's no man talked to God face to face since the days of Paul and Moses you say well, I can't hardly believe that that's fine I understand why you can't but I believe it see that's all I believe it that we've had a man that God actually spoke to face to face and he said something things hard to understand and I've looked at some things that I puzzle at but I don't question them I just don't understand how he placed it or where he placed it at, but he placed it there, and I believe it. You say, that's blind faith. That's, that's true. Blind is a bad almost. But I'm putting the eyes I have on every week. I, I dab a little rapture on this eye. I dab a little invisible union on this eye. I dab a little Christ and mystery of God on this eye. I dab a little future home here. You know what? I know most of these men as trees now. Yeah, it's amazing how these messages were slowly melt the scabs off of your eyes and like an old eagle you can see. Amen. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now Brother Bam tells you in future home that they will not be annihilated but he's just going to clean it up for us for our honeymoon. Then in Revelation 1 we read the statement and we read the quote, Revelation 10, 1, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice of the trumpet. Now don't let this get boring because proper placement here will give you your time and season, who you are, and absolutely push us into the future home, which the revelation of the future home is seeing where you are now by the word of the Lord in New Jerusalem. What about the millennium? Mm, it's just a uh, pop of your finger. Well, I don't want to know what's going on in the millennium. Well, I'd rather see myself in New Jerusalem. Not interested too much what goes on here because he didn't tell me much going on here. The prophet didn't tell you much. You must not need to know much. He told us what's going on now. And he told us, when you wake up, you'll be in New Jerusalem. And New Jerusalem is your faith of Abraham. Don't forget, rapture, still in time, still part. Millennium, still in time. New Jerusalem is your final destination. Amen? 
Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. And that is our inheritance of what we're looking forward to. Watch now. In Patmos V, in the church age book, I want to read this to you because Brother Bram separates it real clearly. Watch. We know what the Lord's Day is not. It is not Saturday or Sunday. That's the great debate. Seventh-day Adventists say the Lord's Day is on Saturday, the seventh day. Everybody else says it's the Lord's Day is on Sunday where we go to church. He said it is neither Saturday nor Sunday. What is it? Well, let's put it this way. Today is certainly not the Lord's Day. Today is certainly not the Lord's Day. This is man's day. It is man's doing, man's work, man's church, man's idea of worship, man's everything. For it is man's world, cosmos, but the day of the Lord is coming. Now it looks like he interchanged right there. It's hard to figure, find him, follow. It looks like he interchanged the Lord's day and the day of the Lord, speaking of the same thing. See, but the day of the Lord is coming. Yes, it is. It is just that at this time of the revelation of Jesus Christ, that's in John's day now. John was taken up by the Spirit and transported by the Spirit to that great day that is coming. The Lord's day is when the days of man are over. The kingdoms of this world will then become the kingdoms of our God. The day of the Lord is when the judgment falls. And after that comes the millennium. So the day of the Lord comes before the millennium. So the day of the Lord could be the 1260 days of tribulation or the second half of Daniel's 70th week while the bride is at the marriage supper of the Lamb. There is not seven years of tribulation as 90% of the preachers teach. Even the message people under Junior Jackson picked up uh, Brother Banner made a mistake. He said it was uh, three and a half years and it's seven. It is not seven. The New Jerusalem is not a box. As Junior Jackson taught in his papers. It's a pyramid. Come on now. While Brother Jackson was in his meetings. Brother Brown talked about him. He was a great man. He was a great man. But he missed this. You can't be a great man and disagree with a prophet. You can't come behind him and say Brother Brown mistaught this. Or he mistaught that. You may not understand it properly or how he placed it. I always just say, I just don't understand how he placed that. I'll come back to it if it's important. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. The day of the Lord is when the judgment falls, and after that comes the millennium. Right now, the world does what it wants to do with the Christian. They call him all manner of evil names, making fun of him. But there is coming that great, what, and notable day. Now that's a reference made in Malachi before the great and notable day of the Lord. I'll send you Elijah. When they will wail and howl. Watch now. For the Lamb is coming in wrath. Now you're speaking about the wrath of the Lamb, which we know is Jesus. And we know in John, all judgment was given unto the Son. So you're looking now all the way over to Revelation 19 at the second coming of Jesus to bring this final wrath up on the earth. We'll read it in a few minutes. Where he smites the nations and finishes it all up for the bride. Watch. 
For the Lamb is coming in wrath to judge the world. That is when the righteous will have their day with the Lord. Now that's the Lord's day or the thousand years of peace or the honeymoon called the millennial reign. Watch now. For the wicked shall burn and the righteous will walk over their ashes into the millennium. Walk over the ashes of the wicked into the millennium. And he quotes Malachi 4, 3. And you shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. So the wrath of God is coming shortly after he sends Elijah with a message to prepare us and seal us in to the Lord's day. Now, like I said, what's hard to preach is the Feast of the Trumpet. You go back to that message. Brother Brown plainly tells you. And he goes through the Day of Atonement. He goes through the Feast. Hard to figure out unless you want to go back and forth to the Old Testament. It gets quite boring unless you're a student of the Word of God and want to understand the, the basics and the types. But Brother Brown brings it back and forth and back and forth. It's very hard to follow him. And he shows you that the Day of Atonement has already come to us. An invisible union where he told us that we were absolutely justified, that we were absolutely sinless, that we had stumbled before the judge that was here. He would have passed a white throne judgment, and we had no sin laid to our charge. We have been found not guilty. We have been put on trial at the judgment seat of Christ, at the presence of the judge. And Brother Bram said, I'm standing before the white throne now. You say, well, the white throne doesn't come until after the millennium, a thousand years down the road. It started at the opening of the seventh seal, and we stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive our rewards. And when we stood before the trial, our election and predestination found us not a part of the day of the Lord or the wrath of God. Amen. This bride is not going through the tribulation. I don't care how much you preach, you're going through the first half, and you'll miss the second half. Some people saying you're already in the first three and a half years. We are not in the tribulation. We are not even in the squeeze part for us yet. It is coming. Why do you think that we're not in the squeeze? The cup of the Amorites, the cup of the Canaanites is not yet full. But when that cup fills up, we will be squeezed and squeezed until God has to take us out of this realm so that he can absolutely redeem 144,000 and then bring us back on the ashes of the earth that he has wiped clean by atomic fire, the word of God or supernatural or whatever he uses. And we will walk back out on a wiped up, burnt over earth and set up a kingdom and rule and reign for a thousand years. Praise God for our vision. And on the Feast of the Trumpet, he said, you've already passed your day of atonement. The day of atonement when God deals with your sin and my sin. If there's no sin laid to my charge, and I have been found not guilty, then I don't care what the devil does, what he brings, or how much accusation he brings, he cannot bring any claim against God's righteousness. 
God won't hear it. He doesn't hear it. Why? He's already passed the trial. He's already judged us. And you're still here under the message of the hour. That's what all this separation has been going on. The separation even in the ranks of this message has been going on for the last 30 years. And you'll find now that there's a remnant that believes a message, small one. 90% have gone back to Pentecost. And to keep the people encouraged, they point them that the prophet will come back one of these days and do great things and take them out of here. That's like a carrot in front of a, a blind, narrow-sided mule. False. It's not going to do it. That is when the righteous will have their day of the Lord. For the wicked shall burn up, and the righteous will walk over the ashes. And you shall tread down and watch on the soldiers' feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord. Now watch. So when you continue the study, you will find out now the day of the Lord. Now here's a point, and we'll make it close just real shortly here and watch. The day of the Lord is an expression used in the Bible over and over again. To signify God's intervention against his people or for his people. God's intervention imposing himself into the affairs of man. Listen very carefully now. God comes down imposing himself in the affairs of man. God taking up a position... Against his people or for his people, whichever the time demands. That's the reason why the rapture is required. Because God comes down to impose himself upon the people that has rejected his presence. Impose his wrath upon those who are in darkness. Therefore, he has to take us out of the way to carry out his sentence against the wicked and the unbeliever. So God has to come down to either fight for you or against you as the time requires. Let's look at an example of that. And I give you Amos, which is, I think there's four or five in the old. And there's one preeminent one in the New Testament of Second Peter chapter 3. That we won't read this morning, but we'll pick up probably in the future home where he brings out that there will be scoffers in the last days saying, where is the results or where materially, where materially, where in the physical, where is the results of his presence? You say that he's here, you say that he's here, then where is the material or the natural results of him being here? And he said that would be the sign and that will get greater and greater that they will absolutely mock the perusal of Christ, the presence. And they'll come more against it, more against it, and more against it. As the hour increases, gets darker and darker. They will absolutely take themselves out of the book because of their reproach against the teaching of the perusal of Christ. And you see it more and more and more. Because of that mind up here, thinks if the Holy Ghost is present, then we ought to be jumping and looping and having miracles and first pull, second pull, crowds and everything else. When he's not here to impose himself as the revival, yeah. 
He's brought the shout to gather you and separate you and got you out here by yourself. And now then he's going to impose himself upon the wicked. So let's keep this in mind. God is either for or against. God is either the enemy of the people or is he, or he the enemy of the enemies of the people according to the times demand. Remember he said he would come down and we would walk out upon the ashes of the wicked that has come against us and reproach us and call us this and that and whatever more. And one place he said they will bow at your feet. And that is before the rapture. So the prophet spoke as if the revelation would bring this bride to a place that she would be manifested supernaturally right at the breaking of the new day right before she the resurrection and lifted out of here that he will manifest her presence on this earth to so much that the people will bow at her feet right before she leaves and then they walk back out on the ashes of the wicked when they come back. I believe that there will come a time when the followers of this message that the condition will exist until they understand what we've been teaching for 35 years that they turn down and now it'll all come together and all the picture will come and like one sudden wave of thought it'll all open up to them at one time and they say my God we sat around this all these years and missed the very teaching that was delivered we come against it and we spoke against it and now we find ourselves out here in the tribulation because I believe that the foolish virgins that are destroyed in the tribulation period are in the framework of this message this morning. Find me any sanctified ones outside of the message of this hour. They're not there. That does not mean that everybody in the message is foolish virgins either. Doesn't mean any of them, most of them are, some of them are not even believers. And most of them are, some of them are unbelievers. But a majority of them are either sanctified people living clean. They accepted the message of the hour. They walk so far in the light. But they can't walk any farther simply because of election. Hallelujah. Let's look at Amos 5, 16 and we'll close. Watch. Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord saith, Thus wailing shall be in all streets and they shall say in all the highways, Alas, alas, and they shall call the husband to mourning, and such as are skillful of lamentation to wailing. And in all vineyards shall be wailing, for I will pass through, thee, pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, the day of the Lord is coming. Mm -mm, watch. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? God is asking Israel now the question. They're looking for this great day of the Lord because they think they're going to set up a kingdom and rule the world. But he said, watch. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. See, people preaches that the day of the Lord is going to be a great revival, that we're going to have light and this great revival in the time of tribulation. We're going to have a great uh, tribulation. Saints are all going to come in. Not so. There's not going to be another revival to the Gentile. The Gentile is cut off. See, that Israel can be restored. We were only grafted in for a season. We were grafted in and shown favor of God to create a jealousy in Israel. That jealousy is not to the point that they're going to accept the Lord yet, but soon will be. 
You find a remnant of Israel now, even on TV, Jews are receiving Jesus as the Messiah. They're preaching Jesus as the Messiah, sending word to Israel. It's breaking the, the day. Israel's there. There's 144,000 that will receive the gospel of two prophets just like you receive the gospel of one prophet. We're sealed in waiting for that hour that God goes back to Israel. Because he must take us into another dimension before those two prophets show up. And they will show up in a time of trouble. Because they will bring the day of the Lord to the earth to redeem 144,000 as the sixth seal is finishing up for us the Gentiles. But we will be in glory. Brother Brandon said, watch. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear bent him. That's trouble. I run from a lion and a bear got me. I went into the house. Leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. This guy can't win for losing, can he? I feel like I'm that part sometimes. Don't look forward to old age. I'm at that age now that, you know, when I, I'll pick up something, I just throw it in the floor because I'm going to drop it anyway. So I just throw it in the floor and pick it up one time. You say, ah, nobody gets that way. Well, you got to wait a few years. You'll, you'll, you'll see, you'll see. And I still hadn't found that, uh, that little cartridge I put in my printer. Now, that's been over a week. I still puzzle about that. Because I tore that cover off of that cartridge. I bit it. And every time I open the crackers, one more I think of that cartridge. And I turned around to send Daniel the notes. And that's the last time I've seen that cartridge. I thought I'd just throw that in there. Pray for me. That's what I'm saying. Pray for me. And almost every day I go through and I look at that office. I never left the office now. I didn't even get out of my chair. I, I believe God just supernaturally took that cartridge. I'm going to call it a miracle. Hallelujah. Signs and wonders are here. If it wasn't, you come find the cartridge for me. No, that's all right. It still has got to be there somewhere. It couldn't just disappear, could it? I thought, you know, that might be like the rapture. I'm here, but I'm not here. Most of you are here this morning, but you're not here either. <laughs> oh, verse 20. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness? And not light. Even very dark. And no brightness in it. Now. That is God against his people Israel. As he declares. If you want an example in the New Testament. Of God against the church. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3. That we'll pick up in future home. And show he warned about the perusion. And the rejection this hour. I'll read you these two quotes. And we'll close. I found this very interesting. God doesn't call man to judgment without first warning him. Let's look at what the prophet said. God warning man before bringing him to his death. 
Everyone has this. Think about it now. We might say, well, this fellow died without a warning. He said, no, no, no. God never, what, you don't know what was in the man's heart. See, you don't know what's going on in his life, see. God never brings any man to his death without first warning him about it. Telling him. It's something, a preparation. God is sovereign. He knocks at the heart of every man, giving him the opportunity to come. I wonder every time I step behind the pulpit, if God is going to knock on the heart of some people, that they will open their mind to the message of this hour, or they'll keep holding to their ways and their own ideas and their own thinking because they read a book or two and know a quote or two and think they got it figured out. He knocks at the heart of every man. Now, he might warn him away, and now this man may warn it away uh, and turn it down, shake his head to it and walk away. Say, ah, oh, it was just a funny feeling. I'll get over it. But anyhow, it was God, God speaking to him, and God never even brings judgment upon the earth without first giving the people a warning. Remember the message, warning, then judgment? God has already given us a warning. And I believe because of Malachi 4, that he intervened by Elijah, the long-suffering of God, that he prolonged the day just for this bride. Because as the prophet priesthood as present, and as the scripture seems, the judgments of God should have fell many, many years ago, and we should already be in glory. But don't get comfortable in the long-suffering of God thinking that it's not true or it won't come. It's only waiting for someone somewhere to open their heart, to take the warning, to come in somewhere. God can never change His nature. His program can never change from what He started with because He's infinite and His program and His ideas are all perfect. So if He could change... That would show that he had learned more. So being infinite, he cannot learn more. His first decision is always perfect. And there's nothing can ever change it. Amen. See? If the musicians come, I will read this quote and we'll close. Watch now. The church. The reason I say shalom to them is because that it's God's peace. That's what I want to bring to you this morning. For the new years, not looking back, but we're looking forward to the breaking of a new day. All right, now here Brother Branham begins his look towards New Jerusalem. You've got to follow the message and his thought. You cannot follow this message and his sermons without coming to future home and finding yourself a thousand years down the road. But we're looking forward to the breaking of a new day. Until there is something great laying ahead of us. Where the years have been the joy that we've looked forward to. The pressing. Coming of the great light. And now we can see it breaking over the horizontal realm. It's breaking between mortal and immortality. We see it. Breaking between heavens and earth. 
from an earthbound sickness and troubled world into a bright shining day of an immortal life and an immortal body and an immortal earth that shall never pass away. He told you something there now. Immortal earth that never shall pass away. So it's not going to be totally annihilated, but it's going to be cleansed up. Watch. It's shalom. Peace. Unto the church. Now, it's light time coming for the believers, but a gross darkness for the people. In other words, the reason why the revelation gets clear and clear and clear in the last few years is because the darkness is getting greater and greater and greater. And the greater the darkness gets for the unbelievers, the greater the light and revelation of the presence of God will get for the believer. Until you find yourself one with the message of this hour, which is Christ. Find yourself one with the Word of God. And the Word of God is preeminent in your thinking, in your confession, and your understanding, which is your faith, that you are now in New Jerusalem as the bride of Jesus Christ, ruling and reigning on this earth already now. If Brother Branham said we were on the Feast of Tabernacles, and that's the seventh feast, which is a feast of rest and a feast of revival. And he said you will be under that feast all the way through the millennium to future home. If you're already under the Feast of Tabernacles, and that's where he placed the bride before he left here in Feast of Trumpets, he said now the next message and next slide is to Israel, to their two prophets, bringing them under the Feast of Tabernacles through the atonement to their Feast of Tabernacles for the millennium. Then, brother and sister, we have nothing else to fear. We shouldn't be looking for when this, when that. We don't even have to know. We shouldn't be perplexed. We should be at peace. Because the day is going to break. We are sealed in the message of this hour. And there's nothing that's going to keep us out of the rapture and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. We are now, by God's presence... Walking in the light, making us, by the opening of the seven seals, children of light and not of darkness. Amen. Amen. If you'll find out, we go in the rest, study in the notes. Paul picks this up for the children in that day because he brings over in 1 Thessalonians. He said, now remember I told you about the day of the Lord before. And that was in 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 to 8. We'll read it real quickly and watch what he says. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the perusia of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, that word says coming. Well, have a little interest. That word is mistranslated. Every commentary will tell you this. It should have been translated strictly, the word perusia, because they didn't understand what it meant. It means presence. They're talking about a presence when God himself will be present in the church, and they didn't know when. And they didn't know how. So they simply should have called it the perusia of Christ. We beseech you, brethren, by the perusia of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by our gathering together unto him. What was the shout all about? Gather the bride together for the translation. The shout is to gather the bride together. Come out of her, my people, and be you separate, saith the Lord. 
So the presence of God, this is Revelation chapter 1. This is 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 that Paul's already talked to him about. In the perusia of Christ, he's going to send a message, gather together unto him, watch, that you soon not be shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit. Don't get in fear. Don't ask questions. You have a revelation. You know about the day of the Lord. You know about the rapture. So therefore, rest. Seventh seal brings the bride to a rest. Nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Somebody wrote a letter impersonating Paul, telling the people in that day they were already in the day of the Lord and had missed the rapture. That's going in the land now. When you deny the perusia of Christ, the revelation of the rapture, you either have to believe there's not one, or you've missed it. One or the other. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. Now this is the day of the Lord. Except there come a falling away first. What's been going on for the last 35 and 40 years? Go listen to Brother Brown preach all them sermons. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. When and how is a man of sin going to be revealed? How many know what the man of sin, the son of perdition is? You know who he is? Well, you say it's Antichrist, that's the Pope. That's true. False prophet. Antichrist with the incarnated Pope. How do you know that? Come on, church, work with me a little bit. How do you know that? Well, you said Brother Bram told us. How did he know that? That's a mystery under the seals. See, white horse rider, black horse rider, pale horse rider. That's the mystery of iniquity. Mystery of iniquity is the rite of the Antichrist. As it starts in Paul's day, comes all the way down to the sixth seal to our day. Watch what Paul says. Let no man deceive you, for that day shall not come, except there come a way first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I'm going to say this, by the opening of the seven seals, when seven thunders utter their voices, watch who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, Showing himself that he is God. Paul said, Brother Ben said, that's the Pope. Yeah. It's actually a demon now. Right. Amen. The false prophet. But when the rapture takes place, the devil himself will come down incarnated in the prophet and actually be the Antichrist yeah. or the devil trapped in human flesh. Right. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be taken, that he might be revealed in his time. Watch. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. That's the first horse rider of Revelation, which is the Antichrist going out with a bow and no arrows. This is the doctrine and the teaching of the Trinitarian doctrine and water baptism and the titles of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the errors that started all this darkness. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he, and Brother Branham said, that's the bride, when she leaves in the rapture, be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed or manifested. Whom the Lord shall assume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of the coming 
which is Revelation 19 that we'll get in. Let's, let's stay in this 19, which will stay uh, second coming of Christ that we'll get into next week. Which brings us to the sixth seal. You young people are not interested in these symbols and whatever more. But I remember when we would drive a thousand miles to hear someone preach on the third pull. The seals, the thunders, son of man, the rapture, tribulation, or anything like that. Because it was totally unknown when I was coming up into the church. Didn't have a clue what it was. Had Brother Bradham's tapes speaking of these things. We would sit and feed on those tapes 10 and 12 hours a day because it was life to us. Every day, reading, feeding, studying, listening, hearts burning, revelation growing, God becoming more real, more real, more real. And in the last few years, say the last 15 years, it's getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And there's no interest in the rapture, the presence, even the prophet, who he was, what he done. Why? You've got to ask yourself, that why? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. What is the day of the Lord to us? That's the question. Is it our way out where God comes against our enemy? Or is it going to be God coming against his people? I believe honestly that we're in the sixth seal. The judge is here. We've went before the white throne, the bride. We've stood before our trial. We've been found not guilty because we have accepted Jesus, the Son of God, as the Messiah. We have been identified with him in water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. We have received the gift of the Holy Ghost which is a revelation of the Word of God for this hour. Without it, you will not understand this message. Many people say, well, I got the Holy Ghost 40 years ago. Well, I don't know whether that Holy Ghost you received 40-something years ago is going to do you much good today. Brother Bram said, the message only come in after the seals opened and birth was to be. So have you recognized your day and its message? See? Are you walking in the light of this hour, not in the light of Pentecost? Is your mind still back yonder 50 or 60 years ago? Are you living in the past? Do you have a hope of the future? I believe if our hearts are not looking now to New Jerusalem, something's missing. I told you when I started, this message in this series, even until we get through to future home, there's not too much enlightenment, but there's a lot of encouragement to those that believe. Amen. These subjects do not bring us depression. It does not bring us fear. It answers the question that we are the elected of God, that we're sealed in, we have received the word of God, and God will intervene. He has interposed himself for us, the believer. Because if God had not personally come down to you and called your name, you'd be sitting in some system of darkness 
this morning or out in the world or somewhere lost as a goose. We are called of God. Amen. I don't care whether he does nothing else until we run out of here or go by the way of the grave. I believe this message. It is true. And we are in a rapture process and we will be in the rapture process. Amen. Let's sing. I've got a right to praise the Lord. Oh, I've got a right to live my Lord. I've got a right to the Lord's name. by the blood of the Lamb. I've got a right. Turn around and shake hands with somebody this morning. Say, I've got a right to praise the Lord today. Next week and after that, that takes us into the subject of future home, which you pray for us because that is, like I said, a hard subject to teach. I am not a teacher because I don't have that gift, but I study the teaching and then try to relate to you the information that I receive. Amen. A teacher has a way of teaching, but they're real boring. And most people don't like teaching at all. And Pentecostals don't like teaching one bit. So that is a problem that uh, the angel told Brother Adam. said, <clears throat> you can't teach Pentecostal doctrine, so you might as well quit trying. We're not Pentecostals. We keep coming and coming and coming. You do not understand it. But the presence of God 
is dictating your life. He's warned us. We received the warning. We accepted the shout. We're sealed in by the voice, waiting for the resurrection, the marriage supper of the Lamb, while He sweeps the earth a little bit, cleans it up, gets all the sin burned off a more. We'll walk right back out on the ashes and be rebuild the earth portion by portion. It'll take a thousand years. And immortal as we are, it will still be wonderful and glorious. And that's the reason I believe that he doesn't let us on the inside of it. Because it's a special treat for the bride of Jesus Christ. And Brother Bram said, don't miss it no matter what you do. And then he turned around and told you, you can't make it unless you're elect no matter what you do. So I, I don't know. We just don't want to miss it. Amen? Amen. He's one of the most confusing ministers I ever heard when he had the clear-cut gospel of Jesus Christ clear than anybody I ever heard. So it's quite a paradox the way that he preached. But we believe it, and God has got a way of communicating to us simply what he said in all these parables and stories, and we get the picture of it. But I heard clearly him tell me, that I am the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. That there's no sin laid to my charge. Amen. And out of my mouth. I shall be justified. And I will not condemn myself. Because I am perfect. By the blood of Jesus Christ. I am a believer. And I am the righteousness of God. And when you see me. You see the word. Manifested in flesh. And that's what it's all about. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. Cold weather, warm weather don't make us no difference. That's all. I'm going to set the temperature about 74, 76 over there on the other side. Amy's going to set it at 72. Amy's going to set it at 80. 85? 90? There's a church down in Florida if you want one at 90. You can go down and practice. What about 74? 76? 68? Oh, we're getting better all the time. 68. Yeah. Well, 68, we'll have to have a light jacket on. But we'll have a garment on, I guess. You know, being immortal, I don't know whether it's going to make any difference or not. But I believe it's going to be about 72 degrees. Now, that's my opinion. And I got a right to my opinion. Amen. So, God bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. We love you. Pray for us. Remember, pray for Brother David in that church. While they're going through this trial. Because Satan don't like nothing better than having a few problems around. But we know then we pray for God to fulfill his allotted days. So we're praying that God will raise him up and continue his ministry. He's got a good church. Good holiness people. And they're believers as far as we understand and know. So God bless that church down there this morning. So we'll see you next Sunday if the Lord permits. Amen. If he calls us home before that. We'll see you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. God bless you.